All right, but let's get into it. All right, let's get oh, into it. Oh, you did already get into it. We're 39 well, yeah. seconds into it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I don't know. This, this feels like a so-so pre-roll. Maybe we'll just pretend it didn't happen. Or maybe we won't. <gasps> Welcome to the Minifolder <laughs> Podcast, episode 177 Good of this Lord. monthly thing we do. I am Josh Cortex-Millard. And I'm Jessamine. And I have had my coffee. Um, And I have had breakfast and a shower, which is very unusual for me by this time of day. Basically, we're we're highly motivated, highly successful individuals. And the fact that we're recording this on the 8th of the month, a week after it probably should have come out, is not anybody's concern. Um, I had shit to do. So did you. We've been doing stuff. It's been a busy, bumpy start to the month. We were going to record a couple days ago, and then uh, neighbors across the corner... um, or probably their their landlords, or maybe the city uh, decided to cut down five very large trees and chip them all. And so <laughs> I'd say, hey, let's do this another day. Because, uh, boy, that would have been a sonic soundscape. Yep. You know, I don't even think I need to link anymore to the leaf blower uh, <laughs> YouTube of the Asylum Street Spankers uh singing that song but it does every time somebody's complaining about very large outdoor wood chipper leaf blower stuff it i listen it to it and it makes me mind. feel better yeah i mean i we've recorded when there was like noise from a neighbor before like it like someone running a like chainsaw down the block or something it doesn't right. even really snow come plows the come much, through at was, my place this was fucking cacophony i had like headphones on all day just to like mute it down Ugh. Uh, anyway, but that's not happening. This is happening. We're making the good noises, not the terrible tree chopping noises. They, they were nice trees, too. And maybe they were sick. Maybe it's just... Maybe that's trees. part of your problem here. They might have been um, ash trees, too. You know, the emerald ash borer is causing havoc with our uh, ash trees. And the problems with ash trees is that they're really uh, big. And the emerald ash borer kind of kills them while they're standing and then uh, they fall over when it rains or snows and ruin everything yeah that's not great i mean that's my charitable interpretation of what may have been happening it's probably well, something stupider i have I, I have sort of charitable more city oriented oriented they've been, they've been doing a lot of road work around here and i think they might be doing some work along the street that these trees were on and they're also like big trees on a very small median like it's a sidewalk and then like a four foot median maybe and the trees are completely out to the edges of that Um, so it might be a this is going to fuck things up long term or we are about to fuck the street up anyway and we can't do it with these trees here or something anyway they better fucking plant some new trees is all i'm saying i guess you guys don't have the emerald ash borer out where you are so i am definitely wrong i guess so you can just enjoy your ash trees and you know and we don't nice. know anything about. It's a nice looking bug, though, looking at this Wikipedia page. It's a really nice looking bug. And I'm on the, I think I've mentioned, like the Conservation Commission of my town. And we made a big report. Like we, you know, cons- uh, paid money to a consulting firm to issue a 90 page report to inform the town about how to deal with this. And the town has so far just fucking ignored it and it's you know we get real winter all the time here and so it's just a matter of time before you know the ash borer infests the trees that then fall over and and it's hard because you know it eats all the trees and there is kind of expensive remediation all the ash trees and there's expensive remediation you can do so if you had like the one beautiful ash tree you could pay a bunch of money to save it but it, you can't do that to all the trees. Literally, all you can do is cut them down now or wait for them to fall down or cut them down a little later. 
And yeah. it's, it's a bummer. You know, it's like yeah. the chestnut blight or, you know, Dutch elm disease. Uh, but, you know, I... it. Like, I care about climate change, but not in a jumping up and down on my chair kind of way. I just try and do what I can and, you know, inform other people about it. But, like, the Emerald Ash Borer, I'm all, like, hopped up about because I'm like, <laughs> you guys! It's, it's kind of my local environmental concern. So, uh, yeah, it has nice. nothing to do with whatever happened to your trees. Well, good. All right, then. Yeah. I'll, I'll take comfort in that. Yeah. Um I do have anyway. one 177 fact that I like. Oh, tell me about uh, this 177 fact. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's got well, a Don't whole tell me bunch- the fact. Tell me about the fact, apparently, is what I said. So it was like, <laughs> give me, like, set a scene. Like, you know, anyway. Well, it is the smallest size pellet used in air guns, but that's just because I'm scrolling farther down on it. But uh, what I like is this kind of, um, hold on, I'm, I copied and pasted a thing that did not. Uh, translate but that it's it's two to the seven plus seven to the two or seven squared say say, say it again it's it's two raised to the seventh power plus seven squared so Ah, it's it's got a neat kind of symmetry uh in and and there's a name for this thing Uh, it's a leland number which i think is not anything that means anything to anybody but i just kind of like that thing like i just made a like a doctor's appointment for eleven eleven at 1 p.m and i was like yeah that's nice, nice. that one, is one, nice one, one, one. yeah so that's it 177 been a long time and it's p-o-z as a, a greek number pause it's named after the mathematician paul leyland somebody leyland? somebody you know Nope, just looking at the Wikipedia thing. Nope. He likes factors, which seems like on 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 uh, on par, not on par, on on target, on brand. On, on brand. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all right. I mean, well, that's it's, a good fact. it's early like there. That. I feel well, like it's, it's early. Yeah, there. It's, it's early for you. It's, it's like I've been up for hours. Um. Well, it's not early for me. I think it's relatively <laughs> maybe the same earliness. So, like when I started yeah. this podcast, I've been up for three hours. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 on a, basically the same sort of schedule. I think there as far as that wakefulness goes. Yeah. Um, and we've both had some coffee. Yes. And it's sunny here. Is it sunny there? It's actually it is sunny here. It was uh, it was it was a little bit cloudier this morning, and I see like bright, stark sunlight outside right now. So. Who knows? I think I might, uh, if it stays nice, I might go for a walk to the beer porch after this, uh, about a half mile up the road. It's a food cart pod I quite like. I am definitely going for a walk after this to, it should surprise no one, the post office, where I'm going to get my landlady some stamps, and uh, I have a friend who's a librarian who I'm pretty sure is also a me-fight. Um, who collects etiquette books. And as I've been cleaning out my mother's house, one of the uh, areas my mother collected was old etiquette books. And so she had reached out to me and been like, hey, you know, if you have any, uh, I would take them. I'd pay you for shipping. And I have a box of maybe 10 etiquette books of various vintages, one as old as 1821, and they're pretty nifty. And uh, I'm going to put them in the mail to her. Nice. That's right. I have been, uh, I, I, we were talking before we started recording that I just haven't been as productive as I'd like art-wise. Um, I'm still putting together like monthly Patreon stuff, which is, I'm enjoying that. It's a nice motivation. Basically, everyone who's a postcard subscriber nice. gets a postcard every month. And then a, 
if you're a higher level subscriber, you get like a larger piece as well every month. So it's an it's a good excuse. That's to, like, a lot of work. Well, it's not too bad. Like 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 if I'm doing some if I'm working on like plotter drawings, then it's easy to come up with a concept and then create like ten plotter drawings based off that. And like the work was all done up front essentially. And I'm like, oh okay, I like these. I like what's being produced by this process. I'm going to produce ten specimens of these and I'll cut them out and I'll address them. And those are postcards. That's a cinch. Um, Got it. The larger stuff is usually I want to do something more ambitious. It might be a bigger plotter drawing. Um, a month back, I actually did a print project, like a lino cut print project that was also like a sort of multimedia thing using a old pair of jeans of mine, like just my absolute most busted out pair of jeans. I wear them literally to pieces. And, and so I, I actually printed on cut out pieces of that and glued that to some paper and sent those as postcards. Uh, and then last month I did some experimental oil paintings, like just little ones. And that was more work than would be appropriate for trying to like sell things for $10, which is like the postcard rate. But like, it wasn't about like, Hey, you were buying $10 of work for me. It's more like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You're going to get something in the mail. Um, but it's, it's, it's a nice structure because it at least makes me sort of like do something, even if I don't feel like doing something, but I, I feel like I've pretty much just only gotten that done. And I haven't even really been like posting or writing about this stuff enough. Um, so that's kind of, it, 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 it's frustrating, but I did get some stuff off in the mail the other day. Is what it comes down to is like, I, I need to at least go mail art once a month. And I went to the post office and, and mailed some art and that felt good. Good. Do you post have, office. uh, I really like your, uh, you left quite an impression with the, the leave prints. I just, think Oh yeah. So great. Yeah. I really enjoyed those. Do you have like a personal relationship with your post office by this point, or is it just still nah. so big that you kind of can't? Yeah, no, it's I, I don't spend that much time there, and yeah, it, it serves enough people that it would be hard to develop a relationship unless I was in there every single day, which uh, like a pandemic especially is not when I want to do that. Yeah, At this yeah, point, yeah. I, I mail as much stuff without even having to like stand in line as I can. Uh, sure. They've got a self service like you know self service. Uh, postage calculator and printer. Ooh, la-di-da, the big it's great. city. It's great, yeah. It's, it's a little bit slow, that. but it's not bad. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer than, like, you know, self-checking at the airport, but but it's still pretty quick. And it's definitely quicker than standing in line if there's three or four people there. Yeah. Um, so I do that, and I, I do a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff I sell, I sell via Etsy, and I can just print out labels from home. I just got oh, a little nice. four-by-six-inch uh, thermal printer. Um, so I can do that really easily, which is pretty rad. Oh, uh, that that's was, cool. Uh, a, a, a sort of save us both some trouble gift from my wife who has the printer upstairs in her office. <laughs> <laughs> so this is definitely She's cheaper, smart, faster, smart. and yeah, yep. Um, so yeah, I just kind of don't have that much reason to interact at the post offices. I just go in and yell about the Hanukkah stamps because they were showing <laughs> they were showing somebody ahead of me the Christmas stamps, and it's a joke. I hope it's they think it's a joke. I think it's a joke. Where I'm like, what about the Hanukkah stamps? And they're like, they're not in yet. And I'm like, but Hanukkah's before Christmas. And they're like, Jessamine. I'm like, and you know. <laughs> I would enjoy having a friendly, antagonistic relationship with the post office. But I don't think, uh, I, don't, I don't think the people working at the post office would be like into it. <laughs> I think We've they, been I think so <laughs> lucky with our postal employees because I've lived in town 14 years and people come and go. And like. We've just been so lucky that the people who work there have a tendency to, like, have a good sense of humor. You know, I go in and yell about the joy probably once a week, and they're just, you know, they're there for it. Like, they don't hate him like I hate him, and so I'm always in, uh, the postmaster general for those. Yeah. Who, 
Jesus. Shitty, um, shitty Louis DeJoy. <laughs> and, um, and it's interesting for me to hear the reasons they don't despise him the way social media despises him. You know, like they don't like him, but they don't think all the stuff he's doing is really trying to fuck up the post office. You know, and so I'm I'm there to have a conversation about it. I'm interested in that perspective. Uh, and, you know, when there's not people waiting in line, we have conversations about it. And when there are people waiting in line, I fuck off because nobody likes to be behind that person. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. <laughs> I'm stuck behind be. that person all the time, other places. And, you know, I don't want to, like, walk out of the post office and have somebody be like, she's just a little lonely. So she comes in here. <laughs> God bless her. Well, because there's people like that at the library, and like, you know, we do the best we can, right? Like, yeah. if somebody really does not have a lot of human contact, we try to both honor that and be a human contact perspective, but also acknowledge that there's people behind them who may be waiting and may yeah. need to get in and out a little bit more quickly, and you try and find a way to make it work, you know? I've had that issue a couple times at the, uh, at, at the beer porch I was talking about, where, like, there'll just be someone who... At first, I thought this guy was like maybe one of the owners, and because that has happened sometimes, like the, sure. the owner comes by and is sort of chatting with the bartender. Uh, but uh, no, he, it was just some guy who just would not shut the fuck up and was talking to everybody in line and talking to the bartender, and it's like it was palpably slowing down. People just want to get some fucking beer, you know? They, they, right, they you don't want to be waiting in line at the beer, beer place. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's a, it's a quick thing. It's in and out. You know, you want something to go with your uh, karaoke chicken. Um, but yeah, just guy wouldn't, and and that's that's less of a like that's not the sympathetic. Oh, this person needs humor. This this, this guy just thinks everybody wants to listen to him talk, and you know, mm. <laughs> just fuck off, guy. Mm. Let me. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I I know what you mean. Oh, speaking of just places we get beer, um, my local place that I used to go every week for trivia just had their first trivia last night, like inside, in a bar, like. You know, and somebody texted right. me about it, and mercifully, I was working, so I didn't have to, like, either make a complicated decision or be judgy about my friend's decisions. But I was like, wow, I am not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a place where it's yeah. like you have to be vaccinated, or it's not a place where, like, the people who aren't eating and drinking are masked, which I don't even think that matters in a restaurant. But it was really interesting to me because clearly there's an, and, and the place was, if not packed, at least had enough teams to, do trivia and man yeah. it felt weird because i was simultaneously yeah. like wow i miss in-person trivia and also like oh hell no yeah no same it, it's it feels yeah it feels weird yeah i mean not that feeling weird isn't basically what the last two years have been like but. yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's a big old soup um it's a good soup um <sighs> there's a tiktok meme where there's just the audio of like a little bit of like silent and maybe eating noises and then someone saying good soup. And I saw a bunch it, of TikToks riffing on it and I don't know what it's from. And I, it's, I just realized I'm like repeating it without knowing the context at all, which is such a dangerous move with any kind of meme. So, uh, if right. The good because soup maybe thing it's is, a Pepe the frog. Well, um, I don't think it's like that, oh, but no, it could be it's from girls. Okay. Josh, did you girls. literally, I got this in 0.5 seconds from Google. I, I didn't look it up. No, I, I kind of enjoy the process of not knowing. I, like, I find out or I don't. Well, good. Um, I am your reference librarian, okay. and it's, so it's Adam it's, Driver, and it's a thing that he said on Girls, and it's in Know Your Meme. All right. Well, there we go. I, I, there I see Adam Driver. Okay. All right. 
Well, that's like that's probably talking, not terrible then. He just he talks to himself basically alone uh, in a diner. Well, that's pretty great. Oh that's no no charming. no! After he says goodbye to whoever he was, the person who he was dating on Girls. I have never watched Girls. I find what's her name almost impossible to watch. Lena Dunham. Yeah. I've never watched Girls either. I don't really have an. But idea. I like Adam Driver. He's a tall drink of water, and he's great. Uh, I, you know, I guess he was involved with maybe the Lena Dunham character or somebody else. Yeah. Mm. But that's where that's from. So, right. hey, now we know. So, who knows why that was coming back around suddenly? But no. that's been a big thing on TikTok. I mean, if I, I mean, who, the Billy link, Joel maybe came I around know. on TikTok, so who knows? Um, anyway, yes. Uh, yes. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Good soup. Good soup. Uh, Which will have to be maybe the name of this. Uh, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll put in a. I'll put in a. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's always a crapshoot at this point. Like usually, I remember if we put something in there as a title, and sometimes I'm just like, I need to get the podcast out. Free association, go, and it's you know, right. We'll find you did out. a great job getting it up super fast last month, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah, I, th- I think I got it turned around like that day, which was nice. Maybe I'll do that again today. Oh, but maybe I'll go to lunch. Um, Why not? Both? I, yeah, Pork I, I, work, I, I, I work this evening, so it'd be a good time to. Get ah. It um, shall we talk about Metafilter stuff? Uh, yeah, my sister says hi to Metafilter, by the way, which I uh, said hi to Josh, but she may be meant everybody in Metafilter. I don't know. I'd like to think she, she, she meant both. Hi to everyone and also hi specifically to Josh. Like It's a, it's a bipartite. Okay, agreement. you'll have to remind me. You have met my sister? I, I think I'm... Oh God, you know, I actually don't know if I've ever been in the same room with Kate. Like, I know... I know who Kate is. I know Kate's sure. face. Uh, I know she's Kate via your on stories. Twitter. I mean, not. And I think we, yeah, active, I think I think active. we have interacted on Twitter a little bit, yeah. but I don't know that we've ever like properly met met. So right, it's got that weird sort of. I don't think so, but I'm not. I'm I'm bad at this, and I'm getting worse. Like I'll go, you know, I'm, I'm having that problem where I'm like, oh hey, nice to meet you, and people are like, we know each other. <laughs> I definitely I increasingly have that problem with like my history of meetup stuff like it was a lot easier when I'd been working for Metafilter for like a couple years and met up with people on that big jet blue thing and it's like I kind of knew if I'd met them or not mostly I just hadn't but now like you know 14 years on I if someone comes to town I really have to like do a little bit of research on myself to figure out if I have a record of interacting with them sometimes just because like I, I can't do it I don't have I don't file stuff away that well like i will have a perfectly pleasant conversation based on previous conversations but those may have just been on metafilter or they might have been in person like i don't know i need to right i have to shore things up well and that used to be me i think i mentioned this maybe last month but like facebook has deprecated the lists feature where you could like add i mean it's like twitter's list feature right as twitter's list feature is ramping up facebook it just undid theirs where you can have like you know, let's say like the 20 people I'm friends with who are also my neighbors and I could have a list like neighbors. And so before I go to a party, I could just do a quick scan of the neighbors list just to make sure, you know, people are doing okay. Nobody had a pet that died. Like maybe there were milestone things that would be worth knowing about because of course, like I see people in person a little bit now, but not still not much. Um, but now you just go to the thing that says neighbors and you just see not that. Um, and I'm not sure if maybe there's another way to get there. Um, mm. But I, yeah, that is the thing that is important to me, kind of like cribbing on, like, what's the big news? 
for, you know, subsets of people. Yeah, my yeah. sister who has a Metafilter account and has used it to favorite one comment by me. Ever. <laughs> That's, you know, it's a Waz-like uh, determination. Yeah, I mean, I think she just likes to have a login, you know? I think sometimes she has thought maybe she would get involved, but just has not, and eh. Let's see. Looking through Metafilter stuff, there is one active uh, jobs post from uh, someone, username ModelWorks, hiring an aviation writer for social media for ModelWorks. Uh, this aviation is definitely like the aviation writer. Yeah, a- aviation enthusiast who can write, you know, content. Um, so if that's you, go for it. This is this is a good example of someone really being sort of like, oh, I'm going to use this as a job listing service, and it's like less interesting from a community perspective than I would like imagine most job stuff would be. But at the same time, sure. they're not spamming; they're using it the way it was supposed to. So there you go. Um, if you want to write about aviation on social media for someone, well, check and that out jobs. Guy is actually, you know, he made a project post about a shipping container. That he made, oh, except they didn't. It is gone from Instagram. Oh, so, uh-huh. oh maybe there's aviation writer or a podcast about history of a questionable. Yeah, anyway, who knows? That's uh, so funny. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm now looking podcast? at it, the YouTube video, and it's interesting. I mean, clearly it's a business, like, that does these things, but whatever. Huh. Funny. All right. Well, aviation writer. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Uh, projects. I have I have been f- the opposite of dutiful in actually following what's going on. In projects. There's a bunch of things that look interesting to me, but I've checked out nothing. So I'm just going to sort of do the blind. Oh, I like the sound of this thing uh, for my entries, but I don't know if you have any specific ones you have I in the chamber. Like maybe I made some comments on some projects. Ah, maybe not because I posted my thing last month. Um, I have not been, well, again, cause like September was just a lost month for me as much as like, it would have been great if it hadn't been, um, but it wasn't. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I liked what I peeked at of this animation, uh, put together by Klausun about mapping genetic variants. I have not read enough to describe it. So I'll just assume that's, you know, written well in the thing but it's it's cool to look at it seems to be sort of mapping uh, sort of genetic variation and drift uh it's got some nice little music and hey there's uh hilbert like curves in there which is a big uh, uh easy thing for me to get sucked in on um i'm trying to remember i think i might have actually just been talking with Klausun in some context about hilbert curvy stuff maybe twitter dms or something um anyway it's neat i like it uh, and I want to learn more about it and watch the whole thing through. But uh, that's that's one of my, ooh, that looks like a thing for me things. Well, a thing for me is uh, Simon W.'s uh, data set, which is like S-E-T-T-E, like cassette desktop. It's a OS, Mac OS application. It's open source. And if you have SQLite databases or even CSV files, it's basically kind of a massager for them. Um, where you can clean up data, explore data, publish data. I've used similar tools. And in fact, I took a a library carpentry class and part of it was teaching people who are like library people who kind of know computers, but not really 
beyond that, kind of how to do this stuff, you know, let's say you do have like a, a weird spreadsheet or a weird database or whatever, but your data's kind of dirty and so it makes it just a headache and you're cleaning it by hand and like, you know, look no further. Yeah. This is a this is a cool thing. And, you know, you can look at they have a, a sample version. Uh, you can explore every power plant in the world. So cool. And um, and it's nice because there's a couple people in the thread talking about like, wow, so excited that this is open source. Let me help you figure out how to explain this. And um, like I said, I use a different tool for this, but I'm always looking for like good Mac apps that do cool things and especially open source ones. So thanks, Simon W. There is, uh, speaking of carpentry, eh? Um, eh? <laughs> there's a post by Brachiopod who decided to uh, copy a uh, mid-14th century B.C. Uh, stool uh, they saw in a museum. and So it looks like they built it and blogged about that, and that sounds delightful. Uh, and it looks like it got a post on Metafilter, too. But, uh, yeah, I want to check that out. It is a cool-looking stool at a glance. Oh, wow, because it's got, like, weird joinery in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a remarkably cuz I thought this was going to be just some three-legged thing that looked like it was carved out of a stump and uh it's it's very not. It's beautiful and uh ooh, deep. Yeah. Oh yeah, looking through the blog post and this is fantastic. Yeah, well, and I'm always here for, you know, weird carpentry because of course my semi-famous cousin is everywhere uh doing his semi-famous cousin carpentry. Sorry. What Sure, Josh. <laughs> See, he's a carpenter and 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 we're Jewish. I, I'm just gonna, you know, quote See, from, from one of know, my favorite a- Hal Hartley movies. Jesus was a carpenter. I dig carpenters. I don't know the movie. Oh, really? It's uh, the unbelievable truth. It had uh, now murdered actress Adrian Shelley in it. Oh, oh man, wow. treat yourself. It's a really kind of neat movie, and I've always considered that it had sort of a Portland vibe. I should give it a watch. What was the name again? It's Unbelievable Truth. And Hartley's right. still turning stuff out if... Uh, I'll, I'll find you the wiki link. Ah, perfect. It's actually it also the name, apparently, of like a comedy show with that weird, nerdy comic guy. <laughs> David Mitchell, David, yes. I'm looking Dave, I know, I'm narrowing <laughs> I mean, it down. I mean, you're not wrong. Right? You're Mitchell? not wrong. I, I, yes. The, 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 the head weird, awkward comedy nerd guy on, I on think, British comedy. I mean, is there an awkwarder, nerdier comic guy than David Mitchell in he's, the UK? He's very good at it, and he he's he can really apply it in a variety of, uh, you know, circumstances. You were talking, were you telling me, or was someone else telling me about the spin-off to Taskmaster with him and, like, comedians doing outdoor tasks? It's like Outsiders, I think? Oh, God, definitely not me, because that sounds amazing. Yeah, and I think it's him hosting and... Yeah, I don't know. I might have the name wrong. But anyway, that's a thing that's apparently going to happen. So I'm excited about that. Well, it's got um, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So you should maybe see this movie. Yeah, I should see this it movie. It had a budget of $75,000. Oh, that's always a good sign. Yeah, I liked it. I'd be interested to know if you liked it because I yeah. saw it a long time ago. And so it's maybe a movie that doesn't age well, but maybe it is. At any rate, they talk about Jesus. And uh, yeah. Jesus. Um, let's see. I like uh, Adam Rice's bike stickers with designs that uh, tweak the uh, 
I mean, what does he say? Tweak the nose of uh, cycling tradition. So they're just like funny little stickers that he made that are uh, HTFU ride lots Shimano. I, I think I don't entirely even understand all of these. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think I ever understand any. But I'm not a bicycle person, so hey. Right, but I appreciate that he is a talented uh, designer, and uh, I almost always like what he comes up with. Yeah. Oh, they look nice. C. Strauss has a new book coming out. Yeah. And I, I love always, that that's just like a subtle like project post. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, I, I finished right. hey, my hey, nonology. Community. And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Um, another very much, this is this is basically pandering to me, and I didn't even notice it until I was looking through today, was uh, Ignignoct uh, posted a channel vocoder walkthrough, which uh, um, I love vocoders, and uh, I'm really curious to see what this is. Um, can I've you tell me what, it, what channel vocoder means? I, I don't mean, know what a channel vocoder is, actually. I mean, I I, I think that's basically what a vocoder is, fundamentally. Um, I'll have but, to watch uh, this. But, is that, let's see. Yeah, 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 probably. But but in brief, a vocoder is, it's an electronic I know instrument. what a vocoder is, but yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. you want to explain to the audience at home. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's electronic instrument um, that's sort of like a voice synthesizer, but it's not creating a voice. You actually feed it. Uh, speaking or singing, and then you translate that through another signal. So you could like play an organ and talk into a microphone, and what you would get was basically the timbre of the vocal speaking followed. Like, but but it's got the character and the sound of the organ. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting sort of synthesizer approach to combining vocals or or any two sounds. But vocals is what's most commonly associated with it because that's where it's sort of magical uh laurie anderson's oh superman um and a number of other songs but that one in particular um have prominent vocoder stuff there's some there's a lot of vocoder stuff in bits and pieces of places image and heaps hide and seek um classically goofed on on snl like 15 fucking years ago or whatever the oh what you say no that you only meant well that's a that, yeah that, that whole song is like nothing but her singing and vocoder uh, and it's anyway. I, I, lo- I love a vocoder. I'm excited to see uh, this thing Ignacht made about vocoding. So yes, neat. Yeah, and I just looked at the walkthrough. It's a nice sort of explanation. If uh, like me, you just don't really understand what this stuff is. Yep. Whereas I understand it, but always forget the details. So like, <laughs> it's going to be useful for me too. It's a little refresher, a little a yep. little brush up. Well, it's one of those things. Like it's it's the it's the electronic instrument and the synthesizer uh, adjacent thing I most care about. Like I'm not I'm nothing against synthesizers. I've just never been a synth guy, and so like I don't have a lot of other grounding in sort of the mechanics and the, the signal processing of synthesizers in general. So like vocoders have always been a little bit of a mysterious thing because I don't have that other context. Whereas I think if I was a big synth head, I'd be like, oh, so it's doing the ba da da da. Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, I don't have the context to store it. Um, and yeah, those are some projects. There's a bunch more. There's actually a, a bunch of projects up from September and a couple coming in here at the start of October and go check them out. If you're making a thing, if you have made a thing, post it on projects. Uh, and, uh, if you're looking for fodder for a front page post, go look at projects, see what people have made. And maybe there's something I was like, Oh, Hey, this would make a good post. Go for it. It's a, it's an easy way to make a post without having to do much research first. You can just find a good thing. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, project was good. I posted to it last month. I uh, or month before last, uh, got some good feedback. Excellent. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about Metafilter? Let's talk about Metafilter. Let me. Uh, I mean, let's talk about this post that was made just hours ago. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. What? From, no, no. Go, go ahead. From uh, Eot Voss. How do you pronounce that name? This is probably something we've done before. We should really oh, like make God notes. Uh, it's based on the name of Laurent. Eot Voss. Uh, but it's Hungarian uh, and it's yeah, got it's, umlauts. It's hung- yeah. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Guess pronounced. Uh, ooh, utv. Utvus. Oh. Fuck. I don't know IPA. One of these days. At any rate, I love this post because essentially it's a website called Just the Punctuation. It's an online tool that strips everything except punctuation from plain text and then arranges the results. And so, of course. Uh, Emmeline Jr. Uh, gives you just the punctuation from the Treaty of Westphalia. Um, there's just the punctuation from uh, William Carlos Williams, which is to say none. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's neat. I love it. It's a Clive Thompson uh, post originally over on Medium. That uh, wow, Clive looks very different in his Medium picture than in his Twitter picture. I thought I knew what Clive looked like, and I clearly don't. And uh, so he made this little web tool that you can kind of learn some stuff about yourself. And, oh gosh, I can already imagine where this would uh, where this would go if it were me. It would just be all parentheses and a, and a couple, like, end dashes that are supposed to be M dashes. I, I'm guessing uh, I would have like a solid mix of uh, semicolons, commas, and and periods uh, with some hyphens thrown in there. Uh, but it's it, I wonder. Like I, I think of myself as someone who overuses uh, semicolons. I think the world underuses semicolons. Well, the, I I mean that's that's the position in my heart of hearts I take. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but 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 relatively speaking, I, I, I yeah, can no, see. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but also I think if I analyzed like my meta talk posts over time, probably the semicolons have gone down because I've made an effort to like simplify my fucking sentence structure and say, you know what, why make it one sentence when it could be three shorter, more readable sentences? And and I think people had pointed out to you in the past that your verbose style that works great for spoken English comes across in a very specific way for written English, which I think does not convey your intent. Yeah. It's At complicated. least that's my take, yeah. because I feel like I understand in many cases what you're trying to say. And in some cases, I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't have gone about it that way, though. Yeah. Because I, I, I just I, think you're discursive, and that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, I, I tend to, like, my natural instinct is to sort of cantilever out sort of related clauses and ideas into a more complex sort of, like, paragraph-like sentence, because, like, that Well, you've seen that, like, ADHD storytelling, but, right? Like, I don't know um, anything in particular about your, you know neurotypicality or atypicality it's uh, definitely it's definitely not off the mark you know <laughs> that, that is something i've come to sort of be aware of in the last couple of years is like you know i will i will include ADHD a link and you can the, just uh, tell me if this looks familiar at this picture da, da, da. yeah no I, I this this yes 
it's it's Jim in a nutshell, especially the part where you finish the story and then you and apologize. apologize. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I know what you're like. I like to think maybe I tell stories the first way, but probably it's just an abbreviated version of the second way. I think one of the things I when I think about how I tell stories in person, I think one of the things I tend to do when I'm sort of speaking extemporaneously is front load a lot of mid-story details and then sort of work my back way back to the initial point, which is oh a good way to Oh my god, does Jim drive, do that? Yeah. He'll be like, "Here's that thing." And I'm like, this is pertaining to what? <laughs> you know, well, remember that, that conversation we had two weeks ago. What? You've got to say, remember that conversation first. That's the yep. first part. Yep. So I will. I will do that to Angela sometimes. Uh, just by like, I'll, I'll start addressing the specific bit that I think is interesting, and then she'll be like, I don't know where this is going, and I don't know where this is starting, and also, I don't know if this is something I need to be worried about. Could you start with the whether or not this is the thing to worry about, and then explain the details? Oh, okay, that's a good point, yeah. Um, I think, well, I think one of the things... Well, with somebody who you live with, it's maybe a little different, because you have a little bit more shared frame of reference, but I get you. Yeah, yeah like, she, she knows that that's a thing about me, and she knows to say, oh, wait, is this something that, you know, versus, like, oh, this is obviously just a story, and you'll get there. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, I, I think there may be a reflection of that in the way I tend to want to make... Uh, longer sentences and sort of build out clauses in that like when I'm doing it in writing, I can sort of go take those early bits and put them back in front. And then it's sort of like keeping it all together leads to this thing with semicolons, colons breaking apart sort of sub clauses and whatnot. And it's like, uh, yeah, but what if I did another editing pass and just turn it into normal sentences is basically the, right. the practice I've been trying to do more in, in sort of public writing. Um, so, yeah. I think that's anyway. a good idea. I am trying to use fewer parentheticals, and it turns out, for me, it is super hard. Because, you know, I have, like, extra facts I want to jam in there. <laughs> and they go in that sentence, but the sentence is already too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I love a parenthetical, and, yeah, it's so difficult. If you're really trying to go for, like, clarity and concision, like, the right place to put the parenthetical is sometimes just nowhere and that makes me so sad because like i, I just know, i, I want to be able to footnote and hyperlink the whole thing as i write it but like unless i'm intentionally going for like a cumbersome stylized thing ah no i just have to i have to throw the parenthetical away or put it down below or well, and let you know, me tell you we've i'm sure had this conversation before but footnotes make long footnotes make me furious <laughs> right like I just can't, like David Foster Wallace, love him so much, but his tendency to put like a whole paragraph in yeah. a footnote so that you have to like put a finger on a page and then go down and read it. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, Well, but, see, he saw, did he have both footnotes and endnotes in Infinite Jest or was it just all endnotes? Who the fuck I read all Infinite Jest? You didn't. I you don't did. Even I did. Me. I enjoyed it. I read, I read two thirds of it, which is as much of it as he remembered to write. So, um, <laughs> no, is, I, I, this is the second man I've spoken to this week who has read Infinite Jest while I scoffed. I, I I enjoyed it, and I understand why it drives people fucking crazy. And I don't think like it's that I'm right and they're wrong. I think that sure, it's sure, sure. it's it's a frustrating book that happens to appeal to me in some stylistic ways. And well, I read and it like read his in college other stuff where you know he has that tick. Um, yeah. And and yeah, it just 
I can't read that way. And so I try to keep that in mind while I'm putting in my third parenthetical in the middle of a sentence being yeah. like, you're making somebody angry. Like, <laughs> and, you know, it's fine to just be like, wow, fuck it. But I'm not writing fiction. You know what I mean? Like, it's nonfiction yeah. and I'm trying to convey an idea. And so if I am enraging somebody in the process, like, maybe that's on them. <laughs> but, like, maybe I'm just not getting my point across and just being, you know, either irritating or kind of too self you know, to wrapping myself up in something that I, is not about me, kind of. Yeah. Nah. Enraging. Long footnotes. <laughs> anyway, to get back to the idea of posts that were posted very recently, I've gotten yeah. those posted even more recently. What? Um, which uh, has gone up since we started recording, and uh, I listened to this the other day, uh, maybe via maybe via Malt Shop, uh, but uh, Bill McClintock made a mashup called I Can't Get Closer for That. And it is a mashup of uh, Hollow Notes and Nine Inch Nails. I can't go for that and Closer. And it's so fucking good. Didn't we talk about like a mashup maker last month? Maybe. Maybe. Or was that too, like, because it was, I think it was a post Jim made. And it's like a, um, it's like a, uh, a thing that makes. And I'm actually going to. Uh, I, oh, yeah, no, it was, I don't w, re- it was W City Mike. All your mashups belong to us. And, I, I did not uh, notice it. And it was I last month. That I noticed it. I mean, right. did, you didn't notice it. I specifically used words to explain it to you. Well, sure, but if it only... It, over a month ago. If it only happened during the podcast and I forgot to go back and engage with it afterwards, it might as well not exist. <sighs> See, this, this is, is why uh, you need to listen to your own podcast. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I do it. This is we have <laughs> well, okay, so many differences, you and I, Josh. I could, but this is the biggest one. I can listen to a podcast I recorded like a year later. Like I'm not going to mostly, but I can do it. But if I like, I listen wait, to the wait, podcast wait. right have after you I ever it. though. I have a few times. I've listened okay. to a few old episodes of this podcast. I've listened to old episodes a couple times of the crap shoot that I was making with Churl and right. uh, we have such films to show you that I was making with uh, Griffiths. Um, Are either of those yeah. still going? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although they're making, Hulu's making a fucking Hellraiser I reboot, saw. And I'm so excited and so who knows, maybe we'll get back together. Uh, get the band back the, together. The, yeah. I mean, you really should consider it at least. Yeah, no, I, I would totally consider it. Like, the reality is, Yakov has so much more going on now than, oh my God, than uh, yeah. a few years ago. Like, uh, that, uh, you know, small child is a is a handful. Um, even even yeah. an adorable one like that one. Yeah, yeah, Helio's, Helio seems great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited for it. It seems like it's probably pretty early in production still, so. Um, anyway, I can't get closer for that. It's great. It's a good mashup. Watch it. I will. I will watch it uh, after this podcast. Uh, speaking of um, videos that are things we've already seen before, uh, Demi did his uh, 21st day of September video yes. on the 21st day of September. And it's, you know, 2121. Very cool. This one was huge. It had like, hey, Demi, you're doing amazing at the end by Earth, Wind and Fire themselves. Yeah. <laughs> And at the last comment, which actually came in just a couple days ago, he's raised over a million dollars for this quite likely last 21st of September video. I donated. I know a lot of other Me Fights donated. 
And uh, if you have not seen this video, treat yourself to this video because it's just so full of joy. And uh, there's a lot of like funny bits in it as yes. always. And it is, it is uh, allegedly the last, yes. um, which is, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I think, I think Demi means it like, sure. I don't think he's doing a joke about it being the last one, but also it's hard to say for sure what'll happen next year. Well, and maybe um, he said that before, and um, basically he was raising money for three different organizations this year: uh, the West Fund, the Imagine Waterworks, and the Sunrise Movement. So uh, you know, Southern stuff, uh, abortion rights, education, access, uh, etc. So it's just, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So if you don't want to donate through his website, but you just like the work that he's doing, you can also donate to those uh, individual uh, organizations. But just, yeah, so fun, so fun, so fun. It is fantastic. He's fantastic. I'm looking at the quality of the light coming. Oh, it's because it's going through a piece of yellow stained glass. It looks like it's super smoky outside. Ah! Really yellow light. No, it's just on this one spot of my desk near me because it's going through some yellow glass. All right. Oh, I well, feel much let better. me. I am going to uh, send you a picture of what it looks like outside my window right now because right. it's essentially like peak foliage in Vermont. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Let's see if I can uh, text actually you and not not and not other Josh <laughs> who used to have your phone number. Okay, your phone number ends in 65? Yes. All right. I'll send you this. Picture. And my social security number is Just shut up. <laughs> so look, there's a bird and that's what it looks like outside my window right now. All right. Um, I'm waiting for this to show up. Uh, not seeing it yet. This is terrible audio. Why am I doing this? Oh my I god. I will look at that when it shows up. Um, All right, I will let you know. Hey, you know. Okay, it should have been sent now. The internet oh, now in my house okay. got like a notch <laughs> hey, worse all of a sudden. And so it means that I can't Zoom with Jim anymore and I have to FaceTime, which I don't love. Uh, and I can't figure out like what the problem is. And look, there's a little titmouse looking at you. Nice. Hey, yeah. bud. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the bird report while uh, while we're podcasting. I have seen a white-breasted nuthatch, who we all call WB Nut, and then uh, <laughs> looks like well, because there's also RB Nut, the red-breasted nuthatch, and um, they're kind of those like funny little upside-down birds on the trees, and it uh, looks like three titmice and one chickadee so far. Nice. Yeah, and they look at me, and I'm sitting about three feet away from them. It's kind of neat. So, Metafilter, Demi. It ha- Demi, yes. Yes. Go Demi. Um, here's, it's been a big like week for giant internet shit shows. Um, Hasn't it though? My favorite that there was a post about uh, is Ozzy, O-Z-Y. Don't even know uh, this one, so go on. I, what, it doesn't even exist anymore. What? <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a pretty quick turn. Oh, oh, that's the media company that never yeah, existed. Yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy Media. Well, they existed, they just didn't have they anything. Sucked. Yeah, uh, if you have missed out on this, Ozzy was uh, a media company that's been around for several years and sort of branded itself as like being like the hip first to discover up and coming people, your sort of like BuzzFeed, but more uh, with it and literate sort of thing. In, and it turns any, out basically it was... In any particular like demographic or... Sort of like... 
media and entertainment awareness internet yeah. you're clued in front on the internet like you know yeah. like they're discovering people before they got big and whatnot and yeah. they recently the the thing that sort of like blew up recently that led to everything else is uh revelations that among other things they were trying to set up some sort of media partnership or something and so among other things the folks they were trying to partner with Maybe th- maybe this was for some VC fundraising, yeah. uh, which is apparently all they've ever done really is make YouTube videos that nobody watch and then raise millions of dollars from, from venture capital firms from dummies. Um, yeah, and and so Apo- part of I, I, apologies. I th- What's the better way to like? I mean, I don't like calling people stupid as an insult, uh, but I do cl- like you know venal grifter types to have a way uh, to yeah describe uh, uh, people uh, who give them money foolish capitalist grifter shitheads i don't know like yeah i Maybe mean capitalist grifter shitheads sums up everything yeah they need to like, like that's, that's that's kind of the main thing like you know they, they they might even be smart in what their shitheaded capitalist grifting is but you know regardless it's all shitty right they're good at grifting um, yeah um i'm sorry if anybody tuned in to hear nice things about vc it's not gonna happen <laughs> um Have you met yeah I, I know i don't think that's probably a problem um anyway i the, the the thing that jumped the first thing i heard about recently was that they had been having a meeting i think with a vc like funding candidates and the the capitalist shitheads of course reasonably wanted to hear from things like their partnership with youtube and whatnot and so they got a youtube exec on the line and it was a little bit weird but whatever and then they called to ask him you know follow-up questions and they called the guy's actual number and he's like i didn't talk to anybody who are you oh um, my god because it was the coo of ozzy who was interpret impersonating a youtube exec i guess what? um and the interesting thing is this is did not immediately lead to everything blowing up finding out about this was part of everything blowing up after the fact because apparently everyone involved was like well okay that wasn't great but let's just keep doing what we're doing i guess um, yeah. So anyway, this this has led to a bunch of attention and people sort of looking at all of their claims to fame and finding out that they're all completely hollow and there's kind of oh nothing God. there. And yeah, and was the whole thing has melted white down. Was it from Brooklyn or was it a bunch of white dudes from Portland? Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, the, the, the figure had actually Carlos Watson uh, is a black man, I believe. Um, but, you know, we're making strides on equality because uh, – a black man could be a terrible VC grifter. Um, uh, that's awkward. But anyway, the, the, the whole thing's a mess. I mean, like, right? It's it, it's a big it's a big pile of bullshit that you can kind of imagine every step of once you start hearing about it, and it has collapsed utterly under the weight of actually finally getting the attention that they've claimed for years that they maintain. Once people started paying attention to Ozzy, and it, it's just it's a it, it's audacious bullshit. Like that's the thing. Like it's stupid. Uh, it deserves to fail and it has failed, but there's like fun, audacious details in the breaking down of figuring out just how stupid every single bit of it is. Um, so I've enjoyed that one. Um, I've enjoyed that one more than the other things like that have been big internet meltdown things like, uh, the Facebook whistleblower stuff. And uh, I didn't even read the kidney story. Neither did I. I was hoping you could tell me which person to root for. The Facebook whistleblower stuff was the most interesting for me, not because of anything we learned about Facebook, but because the woman who was the Facebook whistleblower was actually the student of a friend of mine oh, really? um, at engineering school. And my friend got called to 
you know, give a comment about her and was actually wound up quoted in the Boston Globe article because, of course, the whistleblower is not as available for comment. <laughs> um, but people who knew her uh, certainly were. And she was always a deeply principled, interesting person. And that was something that was uh, interesting, uh, sort of ancillary. The, uh, the, the, and the I didn't resulting... read the Metafilter thread only because I already know why and they hate Facebook. Yeah. And um, I, I got to say, here's the one, here's my one great Facebook story, though. Okay. Did you just burp at me? I, I just managed to stop a burp, and I deserve <laughs> a, a sticker. All right. Chivo for you. Um, I, as people may know, have this, like, six-foot foam bean baggy thing that's at the second floor of my father's house that was gotten with much much hassle up into that room it is very heavy it doesn't fit easily through any door and it is a total pain in my ass and now that and and we used to like sit in and play video games and it was kind of comfortable and kind of fun um but it it takes up just a huge amount of space and I kind of decided now that we're merging my mother's and my father's households, now that they're both dead, uh, we can maybe get rid of the stuff that isn't to, to specifically bringing us joy. And uh, so I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, I, it's not even going to fit in the dumpster. I can't lift it, blah. But there's a whole bunch of, like, buy nothing groups all over the world of Facebook, right? Like, just right. everywhere. You can give stuff away via Facebook. And in some places where you can't, maybe leave something on the side of the road because it's a six-foot beanbag that you can't even move. Uh, it's actually a great way to sort of get rid of stuff that is trash to you, but useful for somebody else. And so I put this thing up on the local Buy Nothing group, and within minutes, I had like 10 people being like, I'll take it, next, 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 you know? And so this one woman was like, I can pick it up tonight. And at this point, it's like 6 p.m. And I'm like, great. And so we started texting and she's like, when's too late? And I'm like, ah, 10.30 is probably too late. If you can pick it up before 10.30, we're good. I'm like, it's super heavy. So you've got to bring two people. And she's like, I'm bringing my husband. And I was like, great, two strong people. Because I don't know this woman, but, you know, maybe she's big and strong, but just want to make sure it's clear she's like oh yeah my husband weightlifter bodybuilder all this stuff great super so they're like we're 10 minutes away at like 10 and i'm like that's fine perfect they show up her husband's a weightlifter bodybuilder and she had hip surgery the day before and is in a wheelchair (laughs) and can't actually leave the car which fine it is what it is but i thought i was pretty clear but now they're in my driveway and i'm like all right i mean they are two people right Right. No lies. No lies detected. Right. And so me and the husband then had to basically and I am not big, you know, like I am medium strong for my size, which is small. And so me and the husband had to like kick and punch this thing through a doorway, threw it off a second story porch and then got it through a doorway and then jammed it into the back of this minivan where there really wasn't enough space with it for it. But we did manage to, like, get the door closed. And it was really one of those, like, failure is not an option situations because once you have the thing in the driveway, like, it's not going back in the house, you know. And uh, we actually managed to work the whole thing out. And, you know, whenever anybody is saying how much Facebook sucks, like, number one. 
I do not disagree, but number two, I cannot think of any other way I would have been able to. Because, like, even Craigslist doesn't quite work, and it's, like, you know, 50% flakes and all this stuff. But, like, Facebook, you get the people because if they don't show up, there's 11 other people who will come (laughs) take your thing from you. And even if they're 50% flakes, it's still, like, five bona fide people who will take the thing. So I anticipate spending an awful lot of time getting rid of things on Facebook over the next, like, six months. All right. And my sister has informed me that the water filtration system at my mother's house is now fixed. Fucking A. Um, I'm just saying thank you to her. I've got one more for Metafilter that we can hop over to ask. Hey, wait! Don't you or, think or I, oh, I, uh, you know, And also whatever. How dare you! Filter. I did. Sorry. I did that. The typical, the typical thing, I, I guess I just don't have very much. The, the typical thing is I have way more meta filter and you have way more asked meta filter. I was, I was making an assumption without checking with you. And for that, I apologize. Great. Um, thank you. How did the video have 4.1 million views, but 200 likes? They bought a bunch of fraudulent views. Oh, interesting. I never think about that in terms of YouTube, but it does make sense. Yep. It doesn't really convince anybody who's paying attention, but Hey, again, uh, Maybe your main priority as a VC is not paying attention. Apparently, um, it seems to be. So, yes, please go on. Yeah. And I hope you're not going to post the one that I'm going to post because I'm very excited about the one I'm going to post. I, I, I hope not. Well, the one I'm posting is a post by Monkey Toes. Uh, it isn't. That wasn't a, mine, but she a, does great uh, posts. Hey, it's Clive essay, Thompson uh, again. Clive Thompson, who brought us the uh, 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 punctuation generator. Yes, it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this this is a post he wrote about rewilding your attention. Uh, in terms of thinking about like actively putting your attention to places other than basically centralized feeds. Like this comes back about around to sort of like the Facebook and whatnot thing of saying, hey, you know, part of part of why you end up feeling like you're not seeing interesting stuff is like you kind of have to go for a walk sometimes. Uh, oh, this is a lovely post. Yeah. And I really liked it. And yeah, I, I left a early comment in it because this is something I think about a lot in terms of like, you know, where am I looking and what am I getting out of where I'm looking from the internet and how does my sense of the internet and my relationship with it depend on whether or not I'm sort of getting out of sort of ruts. Like there's, there's a value to familiarity, but there's also like a danger of sort of like not doing a little bit of work to, you know, poke your head out and, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, it was a nice read. Gave me stuff to think about. Resonated with me. It's kind of one of nice the things I thread. really like about like library Twitter. Besides the fact that it's pretty low drama, unlike library Facebook, which is just like everything else on Facebook. <laughs> but like library Twitter is sort of a combination of like let's talk about our jobs, but then also like let's talk about interesting things from our collections or things that are you know, our organizations or institutions are doing and you wind up with a, I mean, obviously a lot of it's sort of intellectual nerdery in, in at least a specific direction, but it's a lot of different types of things than the usual types of things. And also there's just a lot of joy in it, you know, that it's just like people being really excited to share something interesting that they have. It's not the whole sort of like engagement you know, click-driven engagement, which is often shitty stuff or bad things, or if you don't care about this, you're not paying attention, 
shamey stuff or like lifestyle uh, competition types of things. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a nerdy aspect to it, but it it goes out in so many different directions that I feel like that helps me do some of this. You know what I mean? And the other thing is just reading a lot of weird, random, different books, you know, going to the library and seeing what's on the shelf. I mean, surprise, surprise, Jessamine's on about libraries again. (laughs) But, you know, gives you a different idea than if you're just relying on recommendation engines or Amazon's like, if you like this, you'll like that. Because obviously they're trying to sell you more books, whereas the library doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? They're not trying to push anything on you and so you wind up finding uh random interesting things i'm actually gonna go uh go read this thread because it sounds like it's totally out my interest clive thompson is smart and uh and i'm interested in what me fights have to say about it as well because it is like you make an interesting point in your comment there you know the whole idea of the old internet in many cases was i mean obviously early porn, uh, but also just a lot of people with their kind of weird, quirky, nerdy habits because it was nerds on the internet. And yeah. so they could share the things they were interested in and cared about. And uh, that there was always something kind of neat about that. At least I thought so. Uh, and Metafilter can be like that when I, you know, help myself refocus and I'm not just blabbing with librarians on Twitter. It's neat to see what the Metafilter population comes up with because they're samey in one way and then very not samey in a different yeah. way. And that makes it fun and interesting for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this was an article that was in Wired that then was made into a post uh, by CGC373. Oh, yeah. Carl, thank you for letting me watch your Plex for all these years. Hi, Siege. Uh, yeah, very much appreciate it. And um, basically about a woman who kind of realized that there are a lot of articles on Wikipedia that are vaguely Nazi adjacent. And in many cases, the Nazi associations are downplayed or the things that actual Nazis actually did are turned into things that don't make them seem like horrible human beings. And so this woman just kind of decided she was gonna mix it up on Wikipedia and get better content concerning the actions of Nazis because there are a lot of people on Wikipedia who are, if not Nazi apologists, flat out fascists and Nazis trying to rewrite history about stuff that Nazis did. I've seen this occasionally because it overlaps in weird areas where I am and it's it's scary, you know, it's scary and appalling because in many cases people who are Nazi apologists, white supremacists or otherwise fascists are like deep get into the mud arguers And it can be really difficult because they wear you the fuck out, right? And part of Wikipedia is written by the people who can last the longest in the arguments. And so I respect the hell out of this woman. Um, I did not actually get into the article. I I read the article, but I didn't read this post uh, because sometimes when people start talking about Wikipedia on Metafilter, they can get a little strident. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've noticed that. And I'm I've not here for it because, you know, I, I'm one of those people, just like Facebook. Wikipedia mostly works for me, but I do not, I acknowledge the ways in which it is shitty, including this way, right? You know, if, if a Nazi can wear you out in an argument, their content winds up remaining on Wikipedia, and that's not how it should go. Yeah. You know, but uh, the article is really interesting. I appreciate that uh, Siege posted this here, and um, I'm I'm just yeah. I mean, Ambrosen has a great a great summary. Don't just stand back and say she's doing good stuff. Go to Wikipedia right now. Look up the last public racist you saw giving their opinion on TV, and make their Wikipedia article slightly less euphemistic. I definitely do this within my tiny domain on wikipedia and it's a little scary and it can sometimes be hard uh but i think it's also really worthwhile i also uh do some work on wikipedia where like when there's a famous husband and wife team and you find out the husband has an article and the wife doesn't or (laughs) uh the husband is mentioned on the wife's article and the wife isn't mentioned on the husband's article and you go you know mention mention the wife and talk about it and etc and uh yeah, I mean, I get why people maybe don't have time for Wikipedia, but I do think, for me personally, it is uh, worth it and interesting. But Let's that see. is my last... Uh... Your last... Oh, well, so shall Sorry, we? I got side derailed, <laughs> derailed reading one of the <laughs> comments... <laughs> Check me out reading the comments. Uh, yeah, so we can move on to Ask Metafilter if you'd like to. Let's move on to Ask Metafilter. I would like to. Great. Um, what do you got? Well, I have two, um, you know, because I've got them all open in tabs, right? And I thought I had one open twice because they both start with can you? So I'm going to do this as a twofer, one of which probably will give you uh, – like deja vu because it's like can you help find the current location of this old vienna address which Hmm. you may recall we did with yankee fog a long time ago yeah yeah um and in this case um it's miss t horn asking about a, a address from 1928 and um they couldn't find like they were like oh it's this street you know that address exists and she's like, well, yeah, but I can't find that on the city map. And basically, it's like the way the um, – there's like a postal code that's included with the street address, which makes it – you don't think the thing you're looking at is the address. Like if you're not familiar with Viennese addresses, you wouldn't be able to sort of get that. But um, yeah. uh, user AMF and uh, user uh, 15L06 – 15L06 pronounced 15L06. Clicking through. Connecting. <laughs> we see. Oh, Who's oh, from is- Vienna, um, you know, chimes in, and they were actually able to uh, locate this on a map, and I appreciated it. So, back to my other twofer, because what did we say about these weird discursive storytelling things? Yes. Uh, I loved this question, which was by Grumblebee, old timer Grumblebee basically like hey i was reading the new york times book review there was an interview with this woman and you know they asked like what's your favorite book no one's ever heard of and she mentions this book and talks about it and he's like you know why can't i find this book and 
it's never mentioned anywhere. It doesn't appear to have been published anywhere. It doesn't seem like she's lying. What's going on? And so people were like, oh, you know, well, the author was Mennonite, so maybe she's talking about somebody else within their community. Maybe it was just a manuscript. And so blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Pocams, uh, Mephite Pocams, uh, shows up basically uh, the day after this was posted and was like, oh, uh, David Scott, that author you're trying to figure out, he was my uncle. Let me tell you what I know about this book. And fascinating comment. You're right. It was a, a draft manuscript that got kind of given around. Uh, this author, Toos, Toes, I don't know how to pronounce her name, um, got a copy of it. And then the book was never published. Huh. That's, that's pretty fantastic. And, and then... Um, It was actually written by somebody else. Oh, so Fournier wrote it, gave it, another author wrote it, gave it to this person who Toes thought was the author. So she was actually wrong about it. And then Grumblebee actually heard from the author who was interviewed in the New York Times book review. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Such a great, such a great, interesting um, thread. And it was good to see Grumblebee around. Hey, Grumblebee. Hey, Grumblebee. Yeah. I want to go back to the previous one in that too for, and, and note that uh, there's like, uh, there, there, there's, there's a couple of classic uh, ambiguities in, in rendering and different languages that show up. Like Scruss's initial comment, putting it as like, uh, I think this is Gryphon de Grasse, uh and then right because the address is like in like written by hand is that right i'm i'm loading the uh, no, I, 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 i'm i'm sure it's printed oh, but oh, it's yeah, like black it's printed, letter but it's in that yeah uh, weird black letter is that black letter yeah, i can't remember if that's no, I think precisely it is. with those but yeah you've got the long s in there which uh looks like an s if you don't know it's or, or looks like an f if you don't know that it's a long s which is a uh, and then a very close kern maybe it's just straight up a uh single doubled character of ck instead of d and then and then gasa of course is just like cut off because like it's writing street every single time i guess yeah no that's that's kind of great anyway i i liked that i like that weird hard to parse ambiguity and how a a familiarized eye gets the well and it's one of those again like it's one of the great things about getting a lot of random eyeballs on your thing right it's not just oh you're all same friends who may have similar experiences to you you'll have somebody who lives in vienna somebody who's good at you know this that and the other and it's just i yeah i appreciate it yeah yeah that's great yeah if it was unsolved i would have uh, told frimble to go look but uh, oh right 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 yeah Ooh. well you might Uh, want to point uh frimble to it because they might be interested in it yeah um, also, hi, Scress. I didn't mean to like make a point of dunking on your misreading of hard-to-read script in a different context. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Scress is one of the 11 people who still listens to this podcast. So, uh, hey, Stuart, how are you doing? Um, ba, 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 ba. I have more. So many more. Bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, from Toddles, um, just the headline says it all. Should my child's school's PTA accept cryptocurrency? <laughs> No, but like, oh God! But like, why no? I mean, yeah, I this know. is. I'm glad know, they're asking. But there are ah, people Jesus in the thread explaining Christ. 
you know, what's wrong with cryptocurrency, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, they also talk about how there's a, a, you know, an organization called the Giving Block, which will basically take cryptocurrency from people who want to give it to you. And then they give the nonprofit the funds minus some processing fee. And so part of the problem is Giving Block doesn't actually kind of reveal what their, you know, what their fees are, which is a pretty important thing. And then there's a lot of people just talking sense about, look, if you care about the climate, don't encourage anybody to, uh, you know, to, to to buy and sell crypto in this way. But then other people were like, you know, there are other charities that are using it. Maybe you should talk to them if you really want a what's in it for them, uh, you know, situation, etc. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thread. Uh, I love to dunk on crypto and blockchain uh, stuff in general. I'm on like a publishing publishers and authors and librarians mailing list. And um, oh my God, so many people are talking about like, do NFTs have the solution for, you know, <laughs> di- distributing eBooks? And I believe the no, answer just, is fuck no. no, no but there are fucking... a couple people there who are like serious like crypto blockchain people who are very smart about it. They didn't just like read one article and wired and decided they knew what was up. And so I learned from them, even though I think the answer is still no. Um, it's it's interesting. Oh, Red Breasted Nut Hatch, RB Nut just came by. Uh, nice. It's it's interesting hearing both educated uh, and less educated. Oh hell no! Not that the, oh hell no people aren't the people I don't agree with. I agree with, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. people who say no for good reasons and people who say no for bad reasons it's it's interesting to learn about but god nfts so stupid yeah yep yep uh jim just got his shingle shot that's the jim report excellent good job yeah way to way to way to not get shingles yep i mean um, you know this is following me well, getting shingles three or four years ago and <laughs> Well, not enjoying it. So I've been the, yelling the, at him to be like, get your shingle shot as soon as you can kind of thing. The second best time to get your shingle shot is now. <laughs> shingle shot. Get your shingle shot. Shingle shot. She, she, she sells shingle, shingle shots. shots uh, by the shoe store. Um, <laughs> I uh, glanced around the popular stuff. Uh, I like the look of this question. Uh, this is from Dances with Light saying, you know, what are your nervous system reset hacks? Basically, what do you do in the moment to reset your sense of feeling okay after something really unpleasant? Um, and this is interesting to me because, I mean, I think this is probably interesting to plenty of people because, you know, what, that's how do you regulate yourself emotionally and get yourself back in a better place if something upsetting happens? Because, hey, upsetting things happen. Right. Um, and if you're in prone to anxiety, it may be like, you know. If. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. Yeah. Um, but I like this. I like this as an ask me question because there is a bunch of answers from a bunch of different people, and that is kind of that's a good resource to have because like things that work for one person aren't going to work for another person, and right. so being able to look at like all these different takes people have and all these different experiential things is probably a better well to draw from than just like well, there's this book that you know if what it says works for you, it works for you, um, and if not, well tough shit right Um, so yeah i just read a book recently actually i don't know if i had talked about this last month at all but it's a book called calm and sense which has an ampersand which does hell with my book list uh, software (laughs) but 
It was basically written by a woman who, uh, you know, survived multiple cancers, dealt with a lot of medical anxiety and other anxiety, and wanted to put together exactly that kind of thing, like a book that was full of tips for people. And and it doesn't necessarily, it's not qualitative, like it's very quantitative. I mean, you know, she has sometimes said, oh, this works for me or whatever. But um, there's a lot of like, you know, maybe medication works for you. And that's terrific if it works for you. Maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't, in which case, like, try something else. Or maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you're someone who has a strong spiritual core. And so, you know, finding different ways to pray could be helpful or whatever. And I just like super appreciated it. Did you type me the number one for some reason? Uh, not on purpose, but apparently. Hey! <laughs> I don't know how that worked. Here, I, I'll do it again. I don't know. I thought that was like some... Oh, uh, must have been an oh, L. Oh, it was an L. Some. Shit. Uh, I thought maybe you were like leaving Here, a footnote you to yourself really or something. Confusing. Like, nope. oh, Jessamine's talking about books again. Just cut this part. <laughs> cut this part out. <laughs> but like, one of the things is a lot of times when you read stuff written by anxious people, they can themselves, and I have this problem in spades, be rigid about like what they think is going to work for other people. Like I'm rigid about what's going to work for me because it fucking works. Um, Hold on. Telling my friend. (laughs) I'm sorry. So sorry. Um, (laughs) It's nice to be able to sit together in silence. You know, (sighs) Even listening, even if, even listening if to be you're tight. driving your podcast off. It's uh-huh. crazy. <laughs> but like sometimes people can be rigid about things that will also they think work for other people. You know, like yeah. that they're they're either like acupressure is all woo, or like acupressure is the only thing that works for this specific thing, or rah, rah, rah. and you know one of the things I appreciated about this book which was that was very similar to this Ask Metafilter thread, where it's just like list generations of things you can try. Um, and, uh, and it's helpful, I yeah. think. And, you know, people have good ideas. And all those things are helpful. Scream at full volume for 30 seconds. <laughs> to be fair, we enjoy doing that at my mother's house. I've never really been able to do that. Like, there is a degree of disinhibition involved in just outright screaming that I, I it's not uh, I usually not have to be yelling something you know like I, I can't just go, like go ah like I have to yeah. be like god damn it mom why did you keep these cancelled checks from 1965 <laughs> but it feels really good to say it at very high volume yeah I can sing loud I've, I've had occasions where like oh that's good angrily loudly making music has worked a little bit but uh but just outright screaming is, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, well, and I was always a quiet child. <laughs> yeah, God, me too. Spookily quiet, I think. Um, and it's weird. I'm a, like, I'm talkative, but I'm also a very quiet adult, which I didn't really realize until I started dating the noise machine. <laughs> if he is quiet, it is because he is dead. He's not even quiet when he's sleeping. <laughs> I do not know uh, a quiet gym. Uh, well, what else you got? Here is uh, Tiamat. Tiamat. Um, what is the oldest thing I can buy just to have? Like, I want to own something that's really old, but that was made by humans that just kind of reflects history and humanity. Um, 
I have a small place. Uh, I'd like it to be under $500. Cheaper would be good. Thinking about coins, but not totally sure. What do you got for me? And so, you know, there's interesting, uh, like, pieces of papyrus. You can get arrowheads. You can get old axe heads. <gasps> Excuse me. Uh, weird hiccup. Um, you know, ancient Roman coins, which are sometimes really good. Uh, Augustus Crunch has some uh, sort of uh, good suggestion of, like, old amulets from catalogs of antiquities. And I just kind of liked, you know, the interestingness of it. Uh you know, Spitbull talks about like, hey, there's some interesting stuff made by native Alaskan artists, uh, but you may not be able to move them in and out of the country and blah, blah, blah. So think about these things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are those are interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it was just it was just a neat thing to um, just think about and contemplate. Yeah. People have some good advice. I found it very interesting to be like, oh what's the oldest human-made thing that I have in my house? You know, probably an old coin, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I had no idea, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting little thought experiment. Probably some old coin in my house, but even those aren't very old. I may have books. In fact, right now, I have a book from the 1820s, and I'm wondering if I have anything else in my house that's older than that. There's a real, very real chance that there's nothing in my house that's older than my house. Like, it's early, early 20th century house, like 1906 or something like that. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. All right. So. Um, you got a couple more? I feel, like, I feel like we're long in the tooth. All right. And, uh, I have a couple more, and I can, uh, I can bang them out. All right. Uh, so, uh, this one from WordChore about, you know, it, it's kind of a blog post as an Ask Metafilter post in some ways, but it, the question at its core is interesting because, you know, there's mane and tail shampoo and um, uh, ketamine for horse surgery and blah, 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 blah. Like what other products that are originally made for horses, although honestly it could be any animal, I think, uh, are now used by people? And so, you know, people talk about like treatments for ringworm, different kinds of sa- salve, 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 um, bag balm, salve? which used to yeah. be used to treat dairy cow udders is now something people use to, for their hands in the winter, uh, fingernail cream, blah, 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 blah. It turns out there's a lot of things. And uh, I was surprised. And um, it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thread uh, yeah. in general. Uh, it feels like there's just something sort of like evocative about using something on horses. Like if you're using the same medicine that is sometimes used to treat like dogs, it doesn't have right. quite the same vibe as, you know, horses. Right. Cause horses That's are just idle thought though. Horses are to, cool and yeah. And big and big and generally good looking and yeah. yeah who knows? So my other for a co- lot of people functionally mythical. Yes, yes. Uh, preventing maggots in the trash. You know, I don't know why I favorited this. <laughs> I think. Have you had a maggot trash issue? No, never. Yeah. Are you just excited about maggots? You just want to be also, thinking about maggots as no. much as you can. Um, I feel like it was. Oh, I know why I, I uh, favorited this because Jack Karaoke just has this great 
solution that made me so happy that I didn't know would work and I favorited it literally to favorite it so that I could remember at some point because Jim occasionally has like fruit fly issues and like no big deal we all have them but like um, basically you can get like one of those little square fans they're called like a muffin fan and I did not know they were called muffin fans but like how cute and you can essentially make like a very easy little thing with like a basically a PC fan, a pair of pantyhose or some kind of stretch uh, material. And then you put a tiny piece of banana in it and the flies are not really good flyers, fruit, fruit flies. <laughs> and so they just get sucked in and scooped up and then they don't lay uh, eggs in your trash. So thanks, Jack Karaoke. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's pretty great. And question that never got answered but I faved it because I want to read this by Kasemik uh, trying to figure out a story I read about a teen a widower librarian comes into work and discovers his research PC has been mysteriously updated and can answer any question whatever it is <laughs> I totally want to read it but I don't know the answer yet so I'm hoping somebody maybe who hears the podcast will maybe do this and uh, last but not least, a happy ending story where uh, Centrifugal, Centrifugal is having a very stupid problem with the water shutoff valve and has a leak in their bathroom. And other, if they can't fix the leak in their bathroom, they're going to have to turn off all the water in their house all weekend. God damn it. And um, <laughs> they actually got... Uh, pretty good uh you know get a pipe wrench do this thing need more leverage figured it out and uh they got all fixed in a couple hours and uh they didn't have to turn off the water of their house all weekend so uh thank you very much rockin data and other people who are offering advice to uh yeah help help centrifugal solve their problem and that's it for uh, me that's, that's 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 the story. You know, that's what plumbers and uh, capitalist shitheads both know. Leverage, leverage is powerful. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just stop there. It's, it's <laughs> been a pretty low pun podcast, though. I have to say, there it hasn't has been, been a lot of cut it's up weird. from you today. I've been, Josh. I've been I've been I've been I've been off my game there. It's it's interesting. I don't know what the we need like a we we need like a, a a vector mapping of every podcast episode on like several different fronts like you know energy distractibility pun level um, right do we, we have like, to both take a break in the middle and pee yeah. and come back kind of thing yeah. noise Just do a whole, outside like, star diagram analysis the whole history bird count um, weather report yeah some so, someone listen to uh, you know two hundred hours of medical podcasts and and do some data entry. Um, not me. All right. Uh, it's a podcast. Let's call it good. Uh, there was stuff on MetaTalk and Fanfare and, and stuff, and two, and do go look at those. We don't I have did time. really love Taz's post, uh, The Season of the Witch, which was basically on acknowledging that it's, you know, fall, winter incoming in the Northern Hemisphere, but like spring, summer in the Southern Hemisphere. And so it was like kind oh, of a yeah. fun thread of people talking about two antipodal seasons at the same time yeah. and i enjoyed the jumble yeah uh so okay i'll toss a link there there now we've now we've covered it um all right well i'm gonna go uh walk to that lunch i'm gonna go to that post office and then maybe stop by and see my friend in the yard she was the one who texted me earlier that she's gonna be out for a walk 
Excellent. It's a great day All for right. it. Well, I think it's a plan. I think it's a plan, and I think it's a podcast. Fantastic. It was good talking to you, as always, Josh, and you uh, you just go get that lunch. I'm going to get it. Get All it. Right.